0: You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. your own Clone-A-Willie or Clone-A-Pussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willie or cloning a pussy with you. And they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own Clone-A-Willie or Clone-A-Pussy kit right now, head over to cloneawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember... This is a deal that cannot be cloned. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes I do, But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store almost any one item in the store for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie if you want for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that, that other item so you get 1 free item for penis havers 1 free item for vulva havers 1 free item for couples and then you also get 6 free movies from the adameve.com website you can get your favorite porn or an educational film I love free movies, they're so awesome this is such a great deal and then on top of that you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com, you're going to go to checkout, and you're going to type in DarkPod. That's dark content and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised.
1: This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza.
0: Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on episode 252 of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I'm, of course, your disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled, shall we, and get this show started, everybody. First thing is first, friends. I gotta give a shout-out to one of my awesome Patreon supporters who supports the show, who is also really cool. I don't know if you've ever watched the Comedy Central show Drunk History, but apparently the creator of that show, Jeremy Connor, follows me on the Twitter and now supports Disability After Dark. So... My weird, awkward, sexy pun for Jeremy Connor is, Mister Jeremy Connor. It is an honor to have you follow my show, and the and support the show. Also, thank you for pledging one dollar a month for the year, so you pledge a total of ten dollars per year to the show. Thank you, thank you. Also, Jeremy Connor, when you did the episode about the 504 sit-ins on Drunk History, using all disabled actors. That was amazing. If ever you're listening to this and you want to come on the show and talk about that experience, I am so much there for that. Yes, please. But if you're listening and you want to pledge to the show and keep a bright light shining on Disability After Dark, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and pledging as little as $1 a month or as much as $5 a month or more or a yearly amount to your budget, which you can also do. Uh, and you can keep the bright light shining on the show and get the show one day early in a special sexy Patreon feed. And a weird, awkward shout out for me, just like I did for Jeremy Connor there. Because all I could think to do was rhyme Connor and honor. So we did that. Um, Jeremy Connor, thank you so much for your pledge. Just before we get to the awesomeness that is today's show, I want to just do a little announcement that I have decided to start my own class. My own class on disability. And so I do a lot of talks usually when it is in the pandemic. And even during the pandemic, I've done a lot of virtual presentations on sexuality and disability and stuff like that. But I want to do more things around what it feels like to be disabled. So I've decided to put together my first proper solo class not where i'm being brought in by somebody where i am doing it and all these things are happening and i i decided that i want to be the one to run a series of classes on disability and the what it feels like to be disabled and i am called them pro crip tips and the first class that i'm going to run is called pro crip tips what ableism really feels like for a disabled person and we're going to talk about ableism in that class, and I'm going to do it over Eventbrite, and I have made it um, as accessible as possible and as cost-friendly as possible at 26 Canadian dollars for you to come to my one-hour class about ableism and how it feels for the disabled person. There's going to be slides, there's going to be conversations, there's going to be all that stuff. So I'm doing that for the very first time on September 10th, 2021 is what I'm doing the class. So I would love for all of you, if you're able to, to come and, and buy a ticket. And if you're not disabled and you want to learn about ableism, you should come to the class also. But if you are disabled, you should come to the class because it will validate how, how you're feeling around disability and ableism. And I want this class to be for everybody. So I want to make it available to all of you. So it's $26.00. Or 25 plus tax, which is like ends up being 26 for the ticket. But also, there will be a chance for someone to donate. So, if you want to donate so that a disabled person can access the class without having to, if they don't have the means to pay, I want it to be available. And if you can't pay and you really want to be there, let me know and I'm the boss. I'll figure it out. Uh, But I want to start doing classes on my own because. It's really hard in the pandemic to find people that have space or resources to do talks like this. So I decided I'm going to try some on my own. Um, but if you're out there and you also want to book me for a talk, I am fully available to do that. But enough of my self-pandering to you to buy a ticket. But I'll put I'll put the link to the tickets for that class in the show notes for today. But now let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled for real, and get to the show. This episode today is with one of the sexiest people that I have ever seen and talked to in my whole life. Someone that I have watched do adult movies in my spare time when I wanted to get aroused. I would turn on this gentleman's films. And so today, friends, I get to sit down with a gay porn star and gay porn kind of like experience Seamus O'Reilly. He is someone that I really, really enjoyed sitting down with, and I got to play my favorite thought experiment with with him, which is, what would happen if you became disabled tomorrow? And so I got to play that with him, and we talk about how he feels his independence would change, we talk about how he feels he might be uncomfortable because he would have to ask for help, we talk about how his experience as a sex worker and as kind of somebody in the sex industry would change if he were to use a wheelchair. He also shares with us some of his experiences um, working with disabled clientele. Actually, he shares his first time working with disabled clientele sexually and what that was like for him. It was a really awesome story and important. Um, We talk about some of his personal experiences as somebody who who has... some disability, um, some people with disabilities coming and out of his life. We talk about what it would like what it would be like for him to become a wheelchair user and all the things that that would entail around like um, things from sexuality to his everyday life, going on hikes and so many different things. We talk about it a lot here, but I love doing stuff like this where I get to sit with non-disabled people. I really respect and admire and bring up this question to them to get them to think about stuff. And what I loved about Seamus' interview is he really did think about stuff. He thought about things like, if he were a wheelchair user, could he be an escort still? If he were a wheelchair user, what would that mean for his sex in terms of a partner lifting him and helping him get out of the chair? And would they leave him on the bed alone? He really gave some thought to this, and I really respected a lot of what he said, and it was so fun to sit down with him and have this chat. So I hope you enjoy it too. I love bringing these kind of questions to people so we can think about how disability plays into our lives and how we can think about it more readily. And I love doing that. So if you're out there listening and you're non-disabled and you want to come on the show and explore, what would happen if you became a wheelchair user tomorrow with me? I would love to do that with you. So hit me up at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com or andrew andrew at andrewgerza.com. And be a part of a show like that. But for today, you get to hear me sit down with my new hot ginger friend, Seamus O'Reilly. And just for for you listening, this one will be explicit. We talk a lot about sex on this one. So let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled. And enjoy this brand new episode of Disability After Dark right now. Seamus O'Reilly, hello! Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for coming on, Disability After Dark. I have to admit, you are one of my porn crushes. So I was really excited when you were like, sure, great. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, love to be here. Um, for those who don't know who you are, can you introduce yourself a little bit to the audience? Tell us um, a little bit about who you are, what you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Seamus O'Reilly. Um, I am a sex worker. I've been doing it now for almost uh, let me see here, eight years. It'll be eight years in August. Um, beyond that, I kind of just do a little bit of everything with uh sex work industry.
0: Nice, nice. Um, and you, you, pro- yeah. Well, I know you're very popular in the in the sex work industry because. Uh, Because I watch I watch yourself and because You're a ginger which that's like a commodity Yeah that's
1: kind of My big draw for a lot of people We're a rare breed
0: I'm not gonna lie It's (laughs) A ginger person Particularly a ginger man is my favorite thing ever It's like a unicorn In (laughs) I mean I'm glad it keeps me in business (laughs) It's Literally my favorite I only ever got to sleep With one guy who was a ginger and it was Fantastic (laughs) And then he good. disappeared. We never we never hung out again. But it was great while well, it lasted for sure. Um. So I brought you on Disability After Dark today because, as far as I understand, you're not disabled, right? That's correct. And I'm good. Well, not good, but good. That, <laughs> good, that we, good that we know that. But I brought you on today because I'm I'm running this series on the show called what would happen if you became a wheelchair user tomorrow? And I I like to interrogate with the queer male community because we have a lot of ableism in that community and a lot Mm -hmm. of like prejudice around disability within that community and the body and all that stuff. And so I I like to bring non-disabled men on to be like, let's talk about, let's just interrogate disability and play with it and talk about it. So really excited you want to do this. And yeah, let's do it. So my first question for you is, um when i posed the question to you of hey do you want to come on the show and talk about this a lot of people including like dan savage when i asked him the same question he was like uh it was super weird and i didn't know what to do, how to feel about it so i'm wondering for you when i posed that to you how did it make you feel
1: um so i kind of went with it um i I play this game called like, what if, where I just spin up really weird scenarios and I'm trying to like picture my life. Like what would it be like if I suddenly became the president and like spin out this whole thing. And so one of them, I actually have thought about before is like, you know, what if I was in like a car crash and lost my leg or was in a wheelchair or, um, you know, like lost my vision. Um, usually with that one I start thinking of all the cool eye patches I would wear and all stuff um but for wheelchair specifically um it I know I would have a difficult time at least in the beginning uh because I am a very independent person and a very active person and I hate having limits placed upon me, whether it's other people, myself, um, just the situation in general. And so I was, you know, kind of thinking about that after you asked me, and I was like, you know, I would probably have a a pretty difficult time, at least in the beginning with it. And then just thinking of all the ways kind of my life would change, things that I would have to make to in order just to like get through my day. It always It's always kind of astounding when you start thinking about like all of the ways that your life would have to change and what that would mean for you. And then taking a step further of like with this sex work industry of that, I have a feeling it would, it wouldn't be career ending, but it would severely impact um, sex work as I do it right now.
0: Yeah, and I—I th- I mean, there's so much to impact there, and there's like we're—we're we're gonna get to all those things because uh, I think I think that all of that's like, that's important to, to talk about. But I also think I—I I love how you said, and you're not the first, like escort and and porn star and like porn mm-hmm. personality that said to me that I posed this to that said like I love my independence and I love like being able to do stuff. And so I wonder, just because I'm curious, for me as a disabled person, independence means so many different things and it's a totally different experience because Mm -hmm. I do have a lot of limitations and I do have a lot of things that I can't do. And I do have a a lot of, as a wheelchair user, a full-time, like power chair user, there are things that I, there are things that I just can't do. And I will agree with you. It's fucking frustrating. Oh, I'm sure. And so like, what is your idea of being independent? What does that mean for you?
1: So for me, that means I can go somewhere and do something without any assistance from anyone. If I was suddenly like, hey, I want to go hiking right now. I get, yeah, let me hop in the car, drive to you know whichever trail I want to go to and hike. And that's the end of it. But if I were a wheelchair user, I probably am not able to drive. So now I'm having to find someone to drive me to get there. And then that's assuming that I could do the trail that i want to do without any like preparations or changing anything i could just quick hop out and do it whereas with a wheelchair user i might not be able to do that you know trail that i want to do if it's not i wouldn't be able to navigate it yeah so that's that's along the lines of like what i mean when i say like i'm an independent person is just the like i get a feeling for something i'm going to go do it without relying on anyone else for help or assistance
0: yeah and I mean you said about like you know you'd have to get somebody to drive you let's mm-hmm. let's take that a step further you might have to find an accessible vehicle first like you might have to uh, like I know from traveling doing talks about sex and disability and traveling mm-hmm. all over the world in different cities the cabs the what one city considers an accessible cab another <laughs> city does not consider an accessible cab yeah. so you you would either have to buy a vehicle which I'm trying to mm-hmm. which I'm in the process of Doing right now, trying to get a vehicle to be, you know, taken around. Mm-hmm. But just to do that, you like, if you were going to buy one, you'd need about forty k. Right.
1: they ain't like, cheap.
0: Or if you were gonna like have a cab come, you'd have to be, you'd have to follow whatever rules they have for you to like get whatever timings they have and whatever availability they have. So it would completely limit your, your just wanting to go for a hike, and also like the trails like if you were a wheelchair user and if you didn't have an altering wheelchair <laughs> there's no fucking way you're going yeah. on a trail
1: no not definitely not the off-road you'd have to do the like paved trails and kind of hope that there's enough of one to make it worth your while
0: yeah yeah um in what other ways do you consider i, I kind of want to interrogate this idea of independence of you because it's fun in what other ways do you see yourself as an independent person
1: um, ooh, that's a tough one. Let me think. Um, I am, well, I'm pretty self reliant. On like, if there's a problem, I'm just gonna fix it. I don't want to like quote unquote bother somebody else with my problem. Um, <laughs> just wait till you became disabled, man. Because <laughs> I know it's, you know, it's it's not an easy thing. I can be very prideful. And I don't like asking other people for help in pretty much any capacity. I'm like, I'll solve this. I can do it. This is fine, um, even when it's not. And that would be something I'd really have to overcome because you know, just taking it for like a really base level one. I'm at the grocery store, let's say, and I'm in a wheelchair trying to get something off the top shelf. Um, you know that that's just not. It's possible. not happening, and yeah, pr- and like
0: having been um, in the grocery store, like, like not well before the world fell apart, but having been in the grocery oh, yeah. store, like, like, um, you know, people would walk by you, and there's people that don't pay. Like, you, you could say, "Excuse me, can you get me those like, eggs on the shelf?" And they'll just walk by you, mm-hmm. and so like, I can see how I can see for you how quickly how frustrating that would be.
1: Yeah, that would uh, it would get old real fast, and that's just probably one of the easier ones you know it just kind of scales up from there
0: yeah like think about i'm thinking about the bathroom i'm thinking about like Mm -hmm. you know things that you totally take for granted that that a wheelchair user like me has to you gotta think about it
1: you have to hope that you know the perhaps one you know stall that you can use is open available and working and not completely disgusting yeah um or that, you know, it's even just nearby, that it's not gonna be on the other side of wherever you're at. And now you've got a trek just to go to the bathroom.
0: Or that I mean, or that for some of us, like, can this is the stall big enough for you mm-hmm. and an assistant to help you in the bathroom? Like, this is what they don't think about when they when they make these stalls. It's like, what if the person can't independently go pee? What if they can't independently transfer? Like, what if right. they need another human there? And so I think for you i think given you know your desire to be so independent i think it would take some time and you know as somebody who has to do that every day ask for that kind of help it does take its toll and there are moments where I'm like, i fucking wish that i didn't have to ask you for this right now like i wish that i could just whip out my dick and do it when i want to or yeah. like you know but you can not And so you really do become you either become quietly resentful which i've i've been there or you just take a breath and be like, "Well,
1: at least you're getting the help." Yeah, like this is this is life now. Just got to make do with it.
0: I mean, it's just something that, like, what other kind of stuff do you do that's that you that would change if you were a wheelchair user?
1: I mean, well, considering the title of the podcast, um, sex. You know, it that would change in. I mean, the first and foremost sense is, for me, it would require a little bit more planning. Like, I couldn't just be like, hey, yeah, let's uh, get tied up and flogged today. Um, It'd be like, hey, let's make sure that the other person or people that I'm doing this with know how to safely get me out of a wheelchair can accommodate, you know, maybe even getting to the place. Like, if I'm at a BDSM dungeon or something, it's like, hey, let's make sure that there aren't any, if there are steps, that there's like a wheelchair ramp because otherwise... Good luck with that that, (laughs) because... You know, uh, we're lucky here in Nashville. Um, We have... There's a club, it's called The Mark, and they... When they moved into their new space, um, they had stairs. It was, I believe, an old warehouse that had been converted and they're just like, ooh, yeah, let's do a fundraiser to get a ramp because we want it to be accessible to everyone, but that's not always the case and
0: wow that's that's the first time in doing this show for five years that I've heard of a gay bar who decided to do a fundraiser to make that possible it does not happen it should be happening all the time like Mm -hmm. we have and I've said this a million times in the show I'll say it again we have all these fundraisers for HIV and AIDS and all this awareness which is amazing and that should continue but can we also dovetail some like some stuff about able to in there so that we can have accessibility.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a problem.
0: Um let's go into the sex stuff for a bit because I I watch your porn. It's one of my favorite things to watch, not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm um, glad. And it's super awkward talking to you now because I've watched you do things to to yourself and other people that are <laughs> super dirty. But um <laughs> but how what kind of sex do you have now other than like being tied and flogged? that you enjoy that you think would change?
1: Um, now it's you ask me and my mind goes blank. I mean, so I know that at a basic level, I might not be able to do like, you know, with regular fucking, I might not be able to do all the positions that I can. Like, so I'm versatile. I top and bottom. I might not be able to do all positions while topping. Like I can't necessarily, um, have you like, I can't grab you, lift you up and start fucking you because I might not be able to stand. And now I can't fuck you while standing. So, you know, there are things that would probably become, you know, impossible for me to do just because I wouldn't have like access to my legs, perhaps. Um, As far as like my day-to-day sex life goes, that would, it probably wouldn't change nearly as much as like my more adventurous stuff like the BDSM. Um, Partially because I can get kind of boring day to day. I'm just like, yeah, fuck, suck, we're all good to go. And that, you know, could still definitely do. um, But again, depending on the partner, if I'm in a wheelchair, I need to make sure that you could get me in and out of that wheelchair. Um, Please don't just leave me on the bed and be like, peace
0: out um i was with i was with a guy once a few years ago we we clearly don't talk now but we we fucked around we fucked around in in an elevator on the on the subway platform there was like an elevator and we went in there and we Mm -hmm. fucked and i was like this will be this will be really hot this will be really great and the minute he was done he left me there with my pants down and i was like what am i gonna do what am i supposed to do now (laughs) and i managed to like pull my pants up enough that nobody could see and then Mm -hmm. i could like get on the subway and go home but i remember just being like what 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 do i do here and so yeah yeah, like you really have to have a conversation with your partners about don't just leave me like even if it's a 2 a.m hookup you can't just leave me because i genuinely need you
1: yeah oh god that's awful
0: yeah i was I was none too impressed with that. And I was super embarrassed. I was worried for like a year that, that they would get CCTV video of that happening. And oh, the, the, I would be in trouble yeah. with some sort of law enforcement. Um, yeah, it was pretty brutal. Uh, but I mean, yeah, that kind of stuff is very real. And the, the, the feeling of getting of, you know, may, can you get me out of my chair? Are you comfortable with mm. that? Is it okay for somebody to lift me? And I think too, the trust you would have to put in a partner to just lift you on the bed not even for the sex just to get you from chair to bed and back again like and i've like again i've seen some of the the porn you do and it's it's very physical it's very (laughs) and that would be that i i think to lose that would be hard i think
1: it definitely would be um because you know it it is stuff that i enjoy and you like doing stuff that you enjoy. I mean... <laughs> I would hope so, at least.
0: I mean, for sure. For sure. And again, you should all watch Seamus's barn because you'll see him enjoy Yeah, you things. should do it. Um, But, so, you know, I, I think also about not only getting it out of the chair, but also, like, having them get you undressed, having them get you positioned. Like, I'm also because I'm also somebody who lives with chronic pain. I think about, like, all the flipping and like flip fucking and all the stuff that you that you've done in your porn would just not be possible anymore. Like you talked about a second ago about if you were a wheelchair, you maybe you couldn't fuck anymore. And like for me, I'm a disabled top, mm-hmm. but I'm emotionally a bottom. So in <laughs> my, in my heart, I just want to be fucked like crazy, but physically, I can't do that. Right. So I, ha- I have to present as a top, which is not my dream, but whatever it's fine so we make but, it work yeah but like you know i can't thrust my hips into a person mm-hmm. so that feels super you know i feel like i'm missing out on something when i watch porn and i see you know dudes like really vigorously thrusting into each other and I'm like well i've never done that i'll never be able to do that like is it you know so i think you would there'd be a sense of loss too because you'd have to go through i've lost this thing that i can't do anymore Absolutely. And I mean that's not an easy I I mean I, and again this is just a thought experiment but I can but given how how like acrobatic your persona is I think it would
1: <laughs> Yeah. I think you'd
0: have to change your I think you'd have to change your the way you are perceived in this industry and I think I don't know if it would be an industry killer but I think it would force everybody to to think about things differently. You know,
1: because after you kind of asked me that, I, you know, I was thinking about it like, it wouldn't, you know, I, it wouldn't be an industry killer, um, but it would definitely limit my options. I, I mean, look at porn. Um, looking at it, in some ways we've made great strides towards diversity. Um, not as many, clearly. Um, but when it comes to like disability in porn, there's virtually none at least in mainstream like professional porn and i know that with a lot of companies if i were to become a wheelchair user they wouldn't hire me anymore um yeah you know flat out i could obviously still do like only fans just for fans because that's that's whatever i want it to be um and i could still do it with other performers that were comfortable willing able you know to do that but as far as mainstream porn goes that's kind of the end of that career um, and with you know escort work, that's that's up in the air um, because I also know what you know a lot of people may or may not be wanting, and I just wouldn't be able to do that. Anymore.
0: I mean, I think escorting could it would have to shift and change because I know there are a lot of disabled escorts out there that do escorting because mm-hmm. it's it's easy for them and it's actually more accessible because they can. Make their own hours and work around their pain and work around their really? their disabilities. But I also think how it might change is that it would it would force the clientele that you work with to engage with you on a intellectual level versus like I'm just gonna suck your dick and then we're gonna be done. Like <laughs> it would force them to get to know you a little bit, which I think a lot of a lot of gay men are scared to do. And I think like when I engage with sex workers, like. They they always tell me, oh, I'm surprised how quickly you like wanted to get to know me, and it's like, yeah, because I can't do X Y Z, but I can talk your ear off and be adorable for an hour. Like I know how to do that, so I think, you know, it would you could still do escorting, but the what you the services you provide would
1: change. Oh, absolutely, the services would definitely change, and you know, the clientele would change. Um, some, maybe all, who knows? Um, we'd find out. I mean. I,
0: I would hope that, I would hope that you you could find a way to brand yourself as like the hot gimpy ginger.
1: Oh, absolutely! I
0: mean, that's that's totally the way you should go.
1: Um, uh, probably try and go for like, maybe get like a little bit of a beer belly, grow out a big beard, and diet white, and just go for like the Santa route and be like, "Come <laughs> sit on my lap."
0: I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Or like the like swole ginger who is now a
1: para-athlete or something yes that, like, that could be my other
0: angle because i mean looking at you already you have all the tattoos you have you have the physique for like that's already athletic so you could just you could just do the whole the whole like i'm a para-athlete come fuck me now which should yep. I, sure let's go sure let's do it um tell me a little bit about your experience with sex work and disability as a as a just as as
1: you so One of the most notable experiences with that, um, I had someone hire me and, you know, as usual, I don't really know what they look like um, until I get there. And I show up and he opens the door and he's in a wheelchair. And I was like, oh, did not realize that. Okay. um, Totally fine. But we got to reevaluate a little bit. um, Yeah. Because some of the things that you asked for, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to to do so what did, it, what did it, how did he present himself when when you were setting it up it you know it's not that he presented himself anyway i went through kind of my standard questions i'm like you know can you tell me a little bit about yourself um what kind of are you looking for where when that sort of thing and he's just like oh middle-aged white guy businessman visiting and i'm like cool great mention nothing about being a wheelchair and so you know whenever somebody starts like describing what they look like i build this whole like what i think they're gonna look like um, yeah and if they talk with me on the phone then that adds in another layer i'm picturing what they look like based on their voice so i have him kind of as like generic guy that you'd see on the street you know nothing too um noticeable about him yeah and then i get there and i'm like you're in a wheelchair." Okay. Um,
0: what kind of wheelchair was he in? Was he like a PowerShell user? Was he like a... Uh,
1: no, just standard wheelchair. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. Um, this would have been something that would have been nice to know. Um, but I get why you didn't. I have a feeling that a lot of people are just like, ooh, wheelchair. <sighs> no, I'm out. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, I get it. Um, fortunately, I know how to get somebody in and out of a wheelchair. So this is fine. Uh, but let's reevaluate. You know, some of the things that you've asked for, because I'm not sure positioning wise, I can make that happen.
0: I'm but so we're going to try. That, like, what did he, what did he ask for?
1: Oh God, what did he ask for? It has been a while. Um, it's definitely some of like the positions. I was like, ooh, uh, I'm going to trust you. Are you able to get into this comfortably? If you are great um if you're not i don't know that i can get you in there Uh, yeah i know because i also want to make sure that you're safe and everything i know some of them i he definitely overestimated um my upper body strength and it was like hey can you pick me up i'm like yeah i'll give it a (laughs) shot yeah Uh, uh maybe um like pick you up for what like to help get you in and out of the chair absolutely to like hold you for a while while we do something
0: maybe not yeah
1: eh, you know i that was still in my super twink days so i'm like ah you are an average sized person i i don't know that i have the <laughs> upper body strength for that um i am a super twink um, we are not known for our strength
0: and so what was his like when you when you kind of laid out your the reality of that was he like
1: oh what how did he feel about that you know what he was super okay with it it was just kind of like yep this is going better than I expected you're still here so wow good you know I was like I'm I'm happy that I can do this for you that we can make this work um let's let's have as good of a time as we can
0: and you know I think and I've done that with some I did it once I didn't tell somebody that i was in a chair just to see what would happen and they ran away we never i know yeah. again but you know i think we also don't tell you the level of our disability because we're like mm-hmm. if i tell you all that you're never gonna agree to come over so i have to just say in a wheelchair because that's more acceptable than actually i have i'm in a wheelchair and i have chronic pain and i have this and i have this and i'm this is a problem and and like if I keep giving you a list of all the things that are wrong, you're going to be like,
1: maybe I shouldn't do this. <laughs> yeah. And I know that like some people, you know, and I've definitely felt like this before is like, I don't want to hurt you. Um, You know, I, I'm not sure. I feel like 100% comfortable with this. And, you know, sometimes that just comes down to you're like, ah, that knee jerk reaction of you're in a wheelchair. Like, I don't want to hurt you. You are fragile, but it's, the like getting it through your head like trust the other person if they say they're fine they are fine that is up to them um and you know if they say they're good to go they're good to go
0: but also I can see from your side as the worker the expectation that you're going to come in and do all these things I think from his standpoint there should have been more of a discussion because I don't think it's fair for you as the worker to walk into an unknown situation and be to be like okay i'm gonna hold you up while i do all these things and make it sexy
1: at the same time and you know i completely agree with that but i also am fully aware that sometimes when people are talking to you it's they have a fantasy in their head and they're like this is what i want like they are going to sky's the limit for their fantasy like even if we were no one was in a wheelchair that was never going to happen and so i'm just kind of like yeah sure whatever you want kid um <laughs> we will do as best of a job as we can do it but we're also playing in reality
0: and so can you tell us
1: any more about that meeting with this person um you know after that it was once we kind of figured out like here's how this is gonna work here's what we can do here's positioning wise because it was also in a hotel so that's- oh that
0: well there's so many there's a host of problems there because I'm guessing he didn't have a lift. There was no lift to get him in and out. There was probably not a lot of accessibility. Hotels are the... And I have a huge fantasy of fucking everyone in a hotel room because it's a hot fantasy. Oh, yeah. But the reality is, like, just not... For accessibility and reasons, hotels are the
1: worst. You know what? Even for people who aren't in wheelchairs, hotels are awful in general for that. They are not set up for hot, sexy times. They, they're they great in theory not so much in practice so we're already like let's let's scale things back a little bit um even just from like a noise perspective i'm like i i don't want a hotel security called yeah I, so let's keep that in mind and then from you know a like accessibility perspective that makes it even more difficult so but once we got that all worked out and we're like okay here's what we can do let's work with what we've got Let's make it happen. It was, you know, a really enjoyable encounter. Um, And then afterwards, I did not leave him, just sitting on the bed and run off.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Good. Thank you. I do my best. I can't tell you how many times in my youth, not so much anymore, but in my youth, I have, or I have told somebody to leave because I was like, you're ridiculous. You don't know what you're doing. Give me the phone. I'll call somebody who does and you can go. But like, but did did that did that encounter was that your first time with a disabled person ever?
1: Um, ooh, let me think. Yes, actually. Well, hmm, let me take that back. It was my first time, um, sexually with a disabled person.
0: Yeah, and did that change the way you understood sexuality and like sex? Does it do anything for you?
1: Not really. Um, so. Growing up, um, I had some friends who, they were various disabled, um, and my father actually was for a number of years. He had a massive stroke um, when I was in fifth grade and was half paralyzed, and so he ended up getting the majority of his mobility um, back, but still to this day had problems with it. So it, I, I kind of understood it like, these are they're people, you know, anything that you may have, they have too, like, and sex is a part of that intimacy is a part of that. So it, from that perspective, not really from a more practical perspective of like, okay, let's, let's have a kind of serious conversation real quick about like how this is going to work, what you're okay with, what you're comfortable with, what we can and can't do. Um, That was a little bit more like, yep this is this is what it is
0: um was that because because I'm sure when he opened the door he wanted the fantasy of Seamus O'Reilly to walk through and then mm-hmm. was that was it hard to have that conversation because I've had that conversation with guys and it's never any it's never easy to be like let's do this but also let's like touch my dick while I'm telling you like, it's like it's really hard to be sexy and have an accessibility conversation sometimes how is you know- that for for you
1: it prop. I guarantee you it was not sexy, but um they aren't... I tried not to make it awkward. To me, that was more along the same lines of that I would have uh that same discussion I would have with a partner or partners before a BDSM encounter. Like, hey, let's... This isn't really the sexy part, but we gotta go through it anyways. Let's go over, like, hey, or, is there anything I should be aware of? Any problem spaces? Like, areas things that we can and can't do limitations here's our safe word so same same thing as that um is like hey this isn't sexy um you know we'll like rub each other's backs or something while we're doing it but (laughs) this is a serious conversation that we need to quick have once we get that out of the way we can have a blast
0: like i find it interesting that so much of the bdsm conversation we're having these conversations in BDSM and kink spaces, but mm-hmm. for some reason, when you apply the same principles to disability, everyone's like, oh no, what? I don't, everything changed. I'm so confused. How do I do it now?
1: Yeah. um, And I don't really, I don't really know why that is because it is the same conversation you need to have. Like limitations, anything we need to be aware of. Okay, great. That's out of the way. Let's do it.
0: I mean, I, I like how like gung ho you are because so many so many like dudes that I've talked to about about this are doing a scene or you know they're, they 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 get to let's do it but it takes there's a lot of coaxing that I have to do and there's a lot of like don't worry it's okay like I'll be fine and so I'm the
1: one that has to hold
0: their hand through it so it's kind of hot that you're like all right we'll figure it out don't worry
1: you know BDSM helped me a ton with that because again, it's the same conversation. And for me, it was a lot of getting it through my head to trust the other person of like, hey, you're like, do this to me. And for a while I was like, I don't know that I can. I don't want to like seriously hurt you. And I was really afraid of that and getting through my head that like trust that person if they say they're okay with this, if this is fine, it's fine let's do it and you know it's that same thing trust the other person if they say that they are capable of doing this and that they're like yep this is good this is fine this is great here's how we may have to get there but it's the same thing
0: other than getting flogged and tied up which Mm -hmm. I'm now I can't stop picturing and I want to happen so badly but 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 so other than that like what BDSM stuff do you do and I want to see if you were a wheelchair user how that would how you might do it um
1: Ooh, CBT, um, that's a, for those of you at home who don't know what that is, cock and ball torture. Um, and that can be a number of different things. Um, that could be hot wax, um, pressing, crushing, um, stretching, pulling, just beating the crap out of it with some instrument, hand, fist, kicking. Like now I don't do all of that um, at and- sub but as a dom i'll do a good chunk of it um that um in some ways i should say in most ways probably wouldn't change as long as um you were kind of accessible so for me on the receiving end i really like the stretching um and the wax those are my two big ones with cbt and that's super easy to do um with like the stretching, you can get all stretchers or just tie them to something and start pulling. Um, and same thing with wax positioning there is pretty straightforward. Then other things like caning, which I love getting caned, that might take a little bit more effort. Um because you know, like I could well, obviously really, just really like...
0: because they'd have to that all they'd have to do is get you out of your chair, put you mm-hmm. on a bed, as long as you you know talked about what the how things felt um they could probably just do it as long as you were okay then good
1: yes um but you know if i wanted to get like caned over somebody's knee let's say um that would require a little bit more like hey i i can't necessarily hold myself up perhaps um with like my legs or something while you're caning me depending on how we were positioned like i could absolutely still get caned um push me out of bed we're good to go but you know again with i would potentially be more limited in like the positions i could get caned in
0: yeah for sure and also you let's go back to like the cbt for a minute mm-hmm. i think having disabilities because i because i have recently lost the ability to pee on my own so i have to use a catheter i have to have somebody put a catheter in day in and day out um so i know all about dick stretching and yeah. I know, like, so I, I, that would probably be okay for you because you, if let's say for a minute you had a catheter like I do mm-hmm. and you had to use that, you could, you'd be used to that. So it probably would not be something you'd probably have a higher tolerance, which I think people would.
1: Sorry, I lost there for a second.
0: No, I'm saying you, you, you might have a higher tolerance, which mm-hmm. I think partners would like because you you do it four or five times a day. So you're used to it.
1: Yeah. And from that sense, were great but you know also like another thing I really like is water sports Um, and if I didn't have the ability to like pee on my own and the person I was with didn't know how to use it like put in a catheter or I just didn't trust them to that that's out the window for the moment too
0: yeah and also like but when I could pee I did pee in people's mouths it was fun it was good times Ooh. so like I've done it and it is fun It's super dirty, but I loved every side of it. It was great. We Um, love
1: dirty stuff. It's great.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really dirty. (laughs) I like like that stuff a lot. Um, Nothing wrong with it. But I mean, you could teach somebody how to do a catheter, and then they could just Mm -hmm. aim the catheter into their own mouth if they wanted to do or whatever. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Whatever orifice they wanted to do that in. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: And you know, there's a lot of people who also like catheter play, so if you are a dom who likes that guess what you're in luck it's a two-for-one special
0: i mean i fully support people's things and i know but as somebody who uses a catheter every day i don't know if there's there's, (laughs) i don't know if i can make it i don't know if i can make it sexual
1: you know what i completely understand that
0: i i i'm trying to be like would it be hot i don't know i don't know
1: only one way to find out
0: because again like so much of that is medicalized and so like when you start being catheterized you learn to like turn that part of your sexuality off for a second while this is happening so you can just get through it part of me wants to try that with you now
1: if you ever come to toronto let's i got my passport
0: i mean I mean, i can't
1: really travel anywhere right now but
0: as soon as things open up, let me know. That would be, I mean, that would be a hot scene. Speaking of hot scenes that we could do together, um, one of the things that I posed to the hot porn stars that I posed this question to is I've done porn. I did one um, with my friend, John Shield. So mm-hmm. we did a porn together. And so would you consider doing a scene with somebody like me? Absolutely. Um, cool. What kind of stuff, I mean, I know you don't know me super well, what kind of stuff would you... What do you think you'd want to try?
1: Ooh. You know, I'm not sure. Um, the kind of, the way that I normally do my scenes is I'm super late. Sh- mm, let me rephrase that. The way I do my scenes for, like, my fan sites and stuff um, is I'm like, hey, what do you want to do? I'm very much a people pleaser and super laid back. So I'm usually like, hey, like, I love it all. You decide what we're doing. So that's probably what I do with you. Um I also really like making people's fantasies a reality. So if there were like your laundry list, if you're like, you know, I've always wanted to try and see if I can make like a catheter scene hot. I'd be like, you know, what? let's do it. I really as long have... as it is something that I can do, I'm game for it.
0: I really, that, you know, it's because <laughs> it, it, that is something that I really wanted to, to do because so much of my sexuality kind of died when I had to start doing that. And even though I've had sex since having the catheter, and like I've, I've definitely fucked, you know, since all that's happened. But like, it it does emasculate you in a way that feels really weird because like all of a sudden your cock is not yours anymore. Someone is inserting something in it that you
1: don't necessarily like or want. But here it is. You know, if only you were like a super sub, this would have been like perfect.
0: I mean, who says I'm not? I don't know. I could be. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I could be. Um, Is there any part of working with another disabled person that's scary for you? Anything you want to interrogate there?
1: Mm, I don't think it's so much scary. um, As I know, in the back of my head, I'd be a little bit, like, self-conscious. Like, I want to make sure that they're having a good time. I want to make sure everything's great for them. Um, You know, some of my friends have said that, like, I kind of have, like, a little bit of a nervous energy to me. Like, the, I have to make sure everyone's having a good time. And so that would really be my only concern, is that, like, I want to live up to whatever expectation the other person has. Uh, And so just kind of, like, I don't want to disappoint anyone would probably be my big
0: my big one my only expectation of you and I hooking up is you're hot ginger and I mean you've I mean
1: I mean I've got that we're good you, you
0: got it covered so like um I also want to give you a chance to ask because we're talking about ableism and because we're, we're trying to interrogate stuff I feel like a lot of people need a space to ask questions about disability and to like to like just ask questions even, even if there's super ableism even if they're super able to see, even if they seem offensive, so I want to open it up to you and, and give you a chance to like just ask any questions about disability you may have. Um,
1: hmm. I think what is if you could like get your magic wand and change one thing about the gay community as far as ableism goes, what would that be?
0: Can we start a
1: whole other hour podcast where I give where I give you, you know like. Name? Let's, or I should say, like, one, like, smaller thing. Because, like, obviously, if you could wave your wand, you'd be like, ableism, gone. But what is, like, the one thing about ableism that you find most annoying in the, like, gay community that people could change?
0: When guys say to me, you're not independent enough in the bedroom. Or you're not, I'm only looking for active guys. They assume because I'm a wheelchair user that i'm not active that i'm not going to be that they think that when we get into bed i'm just going to lie there and sometimes that's true but that doesn't mean yeah. i'm not enjoying myself and it doesn't mean i can't give you pleasure and i just wish that we this aesthetic that we've created for ourselves in the queer male community i mean that's part of why i started using they really is because i was like well fuck i don't i don't fit this this aesthetic i never will and i i keep trying to be this like super master mask, mask bro dude and that's not working out and so like yeah. you know they was a nice way to be like fuck you i still have a big dick and i can do all the things i want to do but i don't have to like ascribe to your to your idea of what a queer person's supposed to be mm-hmm. and so fuck you but so like you know i just wish i could say to all these queer men that say shit like that is you're going to be disabled one day too um I really wish you'd stop talking uh, like about disabled people like that, because when it happens to you, you're not going to like it when it happens to you. (laughs) No, no. And then I just wish that everywhere had ramps. And I just wish that we thought we didn't treat disabled queer men. Like they were the, like they were horrible. Like I wish I could go to bars and have men smile at me versus look at me like I don't exist or, Mm -hmm. you know, I just wish there were little things we could do that would make queer men, queer disabled men, feel welcome in those spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and if I could wave my magic wand, I'd say, "Get over here and let's fuck." Is really what (laughs) I would, what I would say. Um, um, but I wanted, and and thanks for. Is there any other? Is any other questions that you wanted to like? throughout there cuz i love i love letting people just ask without feeling like they
1: um what is the most annoying question you get like on you know on like a day to day basis is there a question that you're like i wish i would never get asked this again um
0: you know i'm thinking of all the like this boilerplate ones that i answer all the time but mm. really it's just I wish you would look at me and I wish people would acknowledge that when I say I'm disabled, I'm saying something important. When I say I'm Mm -hmm. disabled, I'm saying there's a cultural significance for me. Um, I wish that people would, even if they say something ableist, I wish they would just talk about it openly. And I wish that they would just, because we're taught when we talk to disabled people, that we're not supposed to mention anything about their disability. And so, well, that mm-hmm. can't be, That we can't do that. We have, to, we have to talk about it. So instead of talking, they create this narrative in their head that like, oh, he's so different. He's so mm-hmm. not the same. And yeah, I am different. And yeah, I'm not the same, but like, I'm still a human being that feels stuff. And I wish we could just talk about that. That's part of why I love doing this series because I get to talk to my favorite like porn stars and bring up stuff that they would never consider in their day to day.
1: Uh, I do really think that, you know, talking about it is is difficult for a lot of people because it's that, like, I don't want to, like, that's not all of who you are, but it is definitely a part of who you are. So you can't ignore it, but you also don't want to be, like, rude about it. And we definitely were taught, like, just kind of pretend like it doesn't exist and you don't see it, you don't acknowledge it keep moving forward
0: yeah and like i think this this idea of like colorblind you know doing it to people where where you're like colorblind or you don't view Mm. disability or you don't view race it's like we we have to reach a place where like you can view those things and and you should yeah and like you just don't have to be an asshole about it like yeah
1: i mean because if you pretend like disability doesn't exist then you're not going to see the ways in which like you and I are going to approach a situation differently or the ways that, like, the things that I do, you won't be able to do just as, like, a standard. Not everyone can walk upstairs, And so if you're only holding events at places that have stairs, you should consider, like, ramps and elevators and other fun things.
0: And also, like, I wish they would have... And if we did that, we could have cool things like disability night at the hot fucking... How fucking hot would that be? To see a bunch of hot dudes and chairs that are just like there to fuck—that will be, <laughs> that'll be great—and it never yeah. happen. Um, um, I'm wondering because because this podcast is all this episode's all about ableism and you know interrogating ableism within the gay community. I'm wondering what have there been moments in your life where you have interrogated your own ableism, and if so, can you share?
1: Yeah. Um, the the one that definitely comes to mind isn't the like overt ableism, it's that one where it's the like, it's just kind of like the norm of like, you know, why is this such a big deal that like, why do we have to like make these changes to an event, you know, for it to go so that everyone can go like, you know, at times I'll catch myself like, oh, that's not really that big of a deal. Like it's whatever. And then you kind of have to stop and think like, hmm, it's not that big of a deal to you Because it doesn't impact you, but it definitely does impact people. And that, you know, event, that space, whatever, should be accessible to all. Like, just because you don't feel that's a big deal, doesn't mean that's not a big deal to everyone. Or just because you can do this just fine, doesn't mean that everyone can.
0: And, you know, to that, I would say it's not a big deal to you right now in... 10 15 years when your knees aren't so good mm-hmm. or when you might have to use a wheelchair or when like you know the arthritis kicks in but you still have a boner and you want to get that fucking friday night fuck on and you all of a sudden can't access the space then all of a sudden you're gonna be like what the fuck why didn't they do this? it's like well if you that's why like when you said they had that fundraiser in nashville it's like I, I that should be a model that all of the bars across everywhere are using to be like we can do that too Absolutely. Um, And maybe we can collab on a way to make that happen because I think that's really, that'd be so great to see all the bars in Toronto because, you know, there's the Black Eagle here and all the hot dudes go there and fuck, but I've never been in it because there's like seven stairs up to the leather bar. And it's like, well, this is not, this is really not unfair. Right. Um, How do you, what advice would you give to other sex workers, other performers who want to work with disabled people um, or who are curious about it but have never done it, what would you say to them?
1: Uh, uh, But also trust that person and really be open and honest and have good communication. Um, That's going to be the foundation for it all. So, you know, be like, hey, you are in a wheelchair. Great. Great. Let's talk about what that's going to mean for our our session, our filming, whatever. Um, like, is there anything I need to take into consideration? Because once you start working through some of the things, it becomes a lot more manageable. I think that there are more people who might be open to it, but they're scared because they have that idea that like disabled people are super fragile. And like, if you touch them, they're going to fall apart where it's like, no, nope, that that's not the case. Um, but let's just talk about like, hey, we can still do whatever, maybe with some modifications, a bit of planning, but we got this.
0: Um, Do you think that you would ever kind of advertise yourself as like a sex worker that does work with disabled people? Because I think we need to see more of that in the world. And then maybe other sex workers can be like, oh, I want to try it too.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally down for like advertising myself as that. Um, No problems there
0: that's super super cool and now i'm having all these like really inappropriate thoughts about all the things (laughs) i want to do when the (laughs) when we're able to um this is a really fun little thought experiment thank you so much for being willing to tackle this with me Um, absolutely i will also because you've mentioned earlier that like you don't see a lot of disabled men in porn i'll send you Mm -hmm. my porn so you can see that it's it is
1: it's rare yeah the the only one that really comes to mind that uh was mainstream was davy wavy i believe it was did one in his series um with a guy and you know it turned out great um
0: pierce paris right
1: Yes, yeah. I I was like, I I know who it is. I can picture him in my mind. I can't think of the name.
0: Yeah, I consulted on that. I was actually one of the people he reached out to to be like, "How do I make this porn super hot?" And then, like a year later, he was like, "We know you want to do porn. Would you do one for our site?" So, the porn you're actually I'm going to send to you is the one that he and I did. That his studio and I did together with my friend John Shield. Oh, Um, perfect. And so then you get you can get to see and and well it's hot you can also use it as like a how to
1: fuck a disabled person video i'm gonna make a whole seminar with slides and everything
0: amazing ready for it yes send them over um but seamus o'reilly i could sit and like drool over you for like the next 30 minutes but i won't do that (laughs) so so how is there any final last words you want to say
1: about this little thought experiment today you know it's been ever since you sent me the questions it's been really interesting to like even just like as i was like walking through my house being like "Ooh, this would have to change that would have to change and really thinking about like all of the ways that my life would change and how other people's like lives have to change when this happens um and you know it's been i don't want to say it it, you know it has been eye-opening of like yeah my life would really change and there's a lot of people who go through this and you know, if sex is the one thing that we can make easier, let's, let's do it.
0: How do you think, and this is a question that I just had before we're done. How do you think your, do you have a, you have a, do you have a partner right now? I do. How do you think your partner would react to you having all this stuff?
1: Um, super supportive. So three years ago I shattered my collarbone playing rugby and I had to have surgery to put it all back together during um, the first, I think it was about 12 weeks healing period. I was not allowed to use my left arm at all. Um, it was in a sling 24 seven. That was it. And I relied on him so much. Cause I also didn't realize how much I used like my left arm and shoulder, even just for like getting out of bed, uh, that I use that too. And he helped me through all of that and was amazing. So I know that he would do the same thing again, um, and so I think he would be super supportive, um, as best as he's be able to for that.
0: Nice. How do you, and just really quickly, how do you think your partner sex would change with him? Do you think it would?
1: It you know it it would um, probably because like you know as we've talked about before, like the things that I couldn't do, um, there would definitely be things that like we couldn't do together anymore, but. You know, that's also part of the benefit of we are, you know, in an open relationship that like, hey, if there's something I can't do, please feel free to go find that somewhere else um, or stuff that I just won't do, perhaps. Go find a friend.
0: Nice. Nice. Um, that's great. And I'm glad you have a partner that would be supporting the idea. And I'm, I really enjoyed sitting down with you and talking about this stuff because I don't think we do enough in the queer community to talk about this stuff, even though it's around us all the time. And I... Not only am I excited because you're my porn crush and I got to like talk to you for an hour, so that's fun. But also, like, I think by you doing that, then other queer, queer and gay men that follow you that are listening to this can be like, "Oh, cool, he's open to talking about it. Awesome."
1: Yeah, hit me up. I'll I'll chat your ear off.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, Shames Riley, how to how can the people support you? How can they follow you? How can they do all the things?
1: Like and subscribe to my channel. Um, but yeah, you know, just. Honestly, just follow me on Twitter, interact with me there. Um, I've got my OnlyFans, Just for fans, linked on there. Buy my porn. Um, yeah, that's about it.
0: Yeah, buy your porn friends. Yeah, it's it. good stuff. It is. I've have, I have had many emissions to it well, while watching. So <laughs> so I'm glad. Take that and be joyful. Um <laughs> so Shave O'Reilly, this was so fun. Uh thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark today. And we will talk to you very soon.
1: Awesome. Sounds good.
0: Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Well, that's another beautiful episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. Thank you so much for sticking around and for listening and being there for every episode of the show. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com and you can book me for talks and see more of what I'm doing. You can also follow me on my Instagram and Twitter at Gerza underscore. That's where I do a lot of my disability justice and social justice stuff around disability. have a lot of great conversations around disability and try to make disability accessible to everyone there. So follow me there. If you want to follow the podcast, you can download it on any podcast player. As well as you can go to the, our Twitter, our Disability After Dark Twitter, Dis Dark Pod on Twitter. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to support the show again, you can go to Patreon.com/disabilityafterdark to pledge as little as one dollar a month or five dollars a month. Also, please wherever you listen to your podcasts leave us a five-star review. It really helps getting, getting the show noticed. Also, if you want to be on the show, pop me an email at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Let me know your suggestions for show ideas, things you want to hear on the show, stories about disability that you want a light shine on. Thank you so much for listening. I'm, of course, your delectable host, Andrew Gerza. Let's stay comfy, cozy, and crippled, and we'll be back soon. Thanks, friends. Bye! Copyright notice. Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Drew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020-2021.